Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Lovability Show. Uh, back in the Grandscape studio today. I'm excited to uh, excited to be back here and to be live again with you guys. Um, I missed I missed you. Um, and I also kind of uh, went a little crazy talking to myself in the other studio. So uh, it's fun to be, have you guys to interact with. Uh, much more fun. Uh, great to see your faces too. Uh, Ted, Ron, Julie, Cindy, uh, great to see you guys. Uh, so uh, Julie is one of my uh, Julie is one of my kitty rescue friends. Um, we have known each other for years. Hi, Jamie. Uh, oh my gosh, Ron, how dare you say Roll Tide? <laughs> um, but yes, ready for football season. Also, guys, um, I have missed you guys. Um, we uh, we were back in the like I said, back in this studio. Uh, where we can uh, roll live to Facebook and uh, and do this again. So I wanted to take your questions today. So feel free, all of you that are watching, feel free to post them on the message board here on Facebook. Uh, this is where I'm looking um, at my Facebook so I can see your comments. Hi, Elizabeth. Oh my gosh, it's just so great to see you guys. Uh, so, uh, so feel free to post your questions here. I also have some that people have sent me. And so I'm going to be answering those as well. I know some of you like to uh, like to do this on the down low as well. So uh, so it's okay to have private questions. I won't be taking private questions in Messenger today, uh, but if you've sent me questions, then I will. Okay, so I'm going to put my glasses on everybody. It is just, uh, it has been a crazy it's been a crazy couple of months, guys. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled to have the uh, to be able to do the show again, but there's been a lot going on. Uh, I'm starting a new business, which all of you will find out about soon. Uh, I keep teasing about it, but I'm super excited for all of you that are single and looking for love. Whew, it's exciting. Uh, but uh, but also I moved, so um, I moved out to Frisco, so I'm closer to this studio now, but. Moving is really hard when you get older. I'm just telling you, my body, I was fatigued for a month after my move. I'm sure I did too much, but um, but all the same, I'm just glad to be back, feeling a little bit of peace and um, ready to get back with you guys. So thank you for your patience and let's roll in. Uh, so uh, somebody had messaged me uh, that uh, to message on the uh, po the podcast today. Uh, my, I'm 50s, I'm in my 50s and wanting a partner in my age range. I'd be more comfortable with someone that is divorced and healed versus someone that has never been married. Is that fair? Uh, that is more than fair. I mean, 
I'm going to say this, you know, especially especially for people over 40 that have never been married, we need to at least treat some of that like a red flag. And I'm sorry for, to some of you that have never been married and you're over 40. I don't mean to insult you, but we could all agree that there's probably reasons for that. You know, whether you were in a situationship, you were in a, the, or the wrong relationship, um, you weren't in a relationship, you were uh, starting your career. Sometimes there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but but it, anybody that is over 40 has probably been married before. And there's something about divorced people. I mean, yes, nobody wants a divorce. It's, it's a hard thing no matter what, even if it was a really bad situation. It's still really hard if you value the sanctity of marriage. And you probably wouldn't get married if you didn't value the sanctity of marriage. But, but having said that, there's a realness to being married that a lot of people that have never married don't understand. It's that every day, that everyday thing that you have to do with somebody, that compatibility of your lifestyle, of your values, um, of you know who you are and what you believe, it all shows up daily and how you're how you, you know, how you do things and what you believe. And uh, so I think people and I know I can speak for myself. I didn't get that before when I was married. Um, when I first got married, I didn't understand that my husband wasn't going to be exactly like me. You know, just because I made him dinner every night, it didn't mean he was going to come home for it <laughs> because it wasn't what he wanted um, and what he had envisioned as marriage. So you kind of learn so much by going through relationships about who you are, what's important to you, what kind of partner you need. Uh, a divorce isn't always a bad thing. It could be somebody that's a lot more self-actualized. Um, hopefully, you know, one of the things I would definitely uh, say to all of you that are dating anybody that's been divorced, the best question anybody's ever given me, and I would tell you to say the same thing, if they've been divorced, you know, it's okay to ask why, but ask them what they learned from it. Uh, so I just feel like that's such a great question. If they give you, you know, deer in the headlights, you may not be sitting with someone because you said you wanted someone that was healed. You may not be sitting with somebody that is in a state of healing. If they don't know what they learned and they aren't able to pull the good and uh, all that stuff out of it, then they may not be healed yet. So it is a great question to ask them what they learned from their marriage. Uh, so... Let me just jump on here and see if we have any questions. Uh, just some more people joining. That's fine. Uh, by all means, you guys send me your questions. I'm just going to keep checking in every once in a while. Uh, so I had uh, someone message me yesterday. Um, she said, I have some questions in regards to my last relationship. He was married for 25 years and she was unfaithful to him. He does not know why it happened, but said that they never fought. Uh, Never fighting, by the way, is not a good sign. Uh, they've done a lot of studies on healthy marriages, and healthy marriages fight. It's, it's healthy to fight. Uh, so said from an Italian, <laughs> but it's healthy to fight. Uh, but anyway, so they never fought. In 25 years, she question mark, red flag, I should have caught. I now know why. He was completely unaware and unable to hear anything that he needed to work on. Um, we would go to counseling, but he would not implement any of it, so the problems increased. Anytime I would say we need to do the work, he hated that. 
Um, uh, so, so let's see, he hated that he will never be healed and, and until he does, as you know, um, how do you get through, um, to people like this who are leaving other people's lives shattered by not healing themselves? Okay. Great question. Um, you can't stop someone else from hurting people. The only thing you can do is protect yourself. So knowledge is power. You learned a very important lesson. Uh, you know, every single relationship we have <laughs> gives us new ones. Uh, with some of the lessons, it's great because we can actually stay in the relationship and work them out. When you have something like this where you have a partner that isn't willing to work with you, you can't. Um, and the problems increase. So uh, so that that is... That is what I'm going to say to you is you can't change anybody else. I mean, I think people can change if they want to. Uh, you know, they, they're not going to change for you, but they can change for them because they love you and they want to make a change. So there's a very distinct difference in that. So don't get in a relationship with somebody that uh, isn't healed, healthy, whole uh, already, and don't expect them to change, you know, for you, if they're, if they're putting up resistance, it's, and they don't want to make and implement changes, especially if you've had to go to counseling, better go to counseling before you were married because of problems. Um, it's great. I mean, because at least you didn't marry him. (laughs) I mean, good thing, but it's, it's also a red flag because those first few years, at least the first year, but at first few years can be honeymoon periods. And when you have any go to counseling during the honeymoon period, it's a it is a red flag already. So uh, so having said that, you definitely want to with every relationship, regardless of what the problems are, don't get in the relationship to change anybody. They come as they are. The older people get, the more stuck they are in their ways, and how they're going to be, and how they're not going to be. And there's a there there is an inflexibility. I think that's the beauty of when kids are in their twenties, um, and they probably wouldn't call themselves kids if they were here. <laughs> but when they're in their twenties, uh, they're flexible and willing to change. I always tell women that men in their twenties are very moldable, and they are. They're very moldable, much more moldable than men in their forties or fifties or sixties. Uh, we get much more inclined to, I like this, I don't like this, I like this, I don't like this. On one hand, that clarity is really good because you know yourself and you know what you need in a partner, and that's fabulous. But there still has to be flexibility in all that. You know, like for myself, I'm a beach person. I do not like the mountains. I do not like cold weather. But with the right person, would I go to the mountains if he wanted to ski? I'm not skiing. But if he wants to put a snowsuit on and feel like he's, I would feel claustrophobic in one of those things. But if he wants to put that on and go skiing and that's his love, then we're going to go skiing and I'll stay back and get a massage. (laughs) So, uh, so, but point being, I'm going to enjoy it with him because I'm with him and it's not because of the skiing, it's because it's something he wants to do and I want to do it with him because he enjoys it and it's a love and a passion of his and it's my job to support my partner right? So that flexibility has to be there. Your partner loves the symphony. You don't like the symphony. Um, 
go with your partner occasionally to the symphony. Enjoy it with them. It, it would mean a lot to them if you would participate in things that they enjoy that you don't, right? Um, of course, it would be easier if up front you found somebody that uh, you found somebody up front that enjoyed the things that you enjoy, so you don't have to worry about that point of, uh, you know, somebody not liking the things that you like. So uh, I know my two big things are, uh, my two big things are live music. I love live music. I don't care if it's 106 degrees outside and I'm standing outside to watch Jason Aldean sing. I'm, I'm sweating my tail off. I don't care. I love that. I'm going to do that. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I may be miserable, but I'm enjoying music, so I don't care. Um, is is do I expect somebody to do that with me? I don't. It would be awesome, though. It's a little disappointing when somebody says no to you, and I know you guys don't like to sweat, especially for Jason Aldean. <laughs> but, but my point is, is it'd be nice if you guys, you know every once in a while said, okay, I'm going to go do that with you. I don't want to do it. But that gesture goes a long way. But, you know, for me, live music and, and college football. And if somebody, if I had a guy that didn't want to watch college football with me, I'm out. I'm completely out because I look forward to college football all year long. So, um, so we all, I, I'm always waiting for it to come back, even if it just ended. So, uh, so, uh, so there you go. I'm like a guy. <laughs> Ted says he'd go. Thanks, Ted. Um, I may come out to Atlanta for a concert, so I'll make you go with me. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see. Uh, great to see y'all's faces uh, and have you guys join us. Lori, um, glad you're here. Mary, so glad you're here. Uh, let me jump on to the next question. Um, Hi, Jen. Would you talk about appropriate and effective ways for guys to approach older women, those with real experiences and relationships um, at the gym? I know it bothers you when a guy wants to strike up a conversation when you're working on, uh, when you're working out. I'm done with dating apps. Um, so any suggestions? Okay, so first and foremost, good for you being done with dating apps. <laughs> um, uh, you guys, honestly, you'd be much more suited to get out and meet somebody versus, I mean, I, I can't tell you what a waste of time it is for people to go to a dating app and scroll through and you're weeding people, good people out by their faces. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You've probably passed your soulmate a million times on a dating app because you were going by looks only and you took um, 1.2 seconds to flip um, left or right or whatever it is um, and because you didn't like them. So waste of time. Uh, yes, uh, Mike, nobody really wants to be bothered at the gym when they're working out. But, you know, there are times when somebody's walking out, maybe leaving the gym, where you could approach her and say something at that point. So not during a workout, not during a workout, but afterwards. Uh, and I also think, and I'm going to say it because it happens all the time. You guys can get hit on anywhere. If you guys would get off your phones and look up and engage with people, the amount of times I sit at dinner myself, whether I'm by myself or with a friend at like a bar, 
which is a great place to meet people, meet new friends even. Uh, but if you're sitting there having dinner by yourself, if you look up and around and start, even if it's just people you're talking to and it's a couple next to you, that's fine. You're engaging in conversation. You've instantly become more interesting to the single guy or girl that's across the bar. So get off your phones. Don't be insecure about sitting there by yourself. Enjoy your dinner. Enjoy the company. Enjoy the environment. People watch. Do your thing and enjoy your time instead of sticking your face in your phone where you're going to miss everything. Um, that includes life. You know, how many people go to the dog park? I can't, I'll have to tell you something. You guys know how much I love animals. I can't tell you when people are walking their dogs, they have their phone. Like they're not even watching their dog. I notice this all the time. And I think that poor dog just gets a 10 minute walk every day. And that human is paying zero attention to them. Right. Um, Everybody deserves attention, but if you're at a dog park or walking your dog, think of how many people you might be missing by being on your phone. You know, I I love I I love my cell phone. I don't really go many places without it, and if I forget it, I'm really excited when I forget it because I I'm actually free and <laughs> I'm free and I have uh, peace. But um, but get off your phone and and engage stores. If I could tell you how many times I get I get asked out or hit on in stores, um, it doesn't matter if it's a grocery store or Target or wherever you're wherever you're shopping. If you engage and keep your face up and you make eye contact and you smile at people, and not that you're trying to hit on them, but just to just to engage and and meet new people, it's so powerful. So, uh, so to your point about the question, uh, I think there's appropriate times. Just make sure, you know, if you're going to go hit on that woman at the grocery store, you're not trying to hit on her when she's ringing her her food up, right? And she's trying to focus on that, and you're like gabbing away trying to pick her up. Timing's everything, right? So, uh, so, so, uh, obviously, you're not afraid. To, to ask her out. And women aren't opposed to you doing that. It's very flattering. Whether you like the guy or not, it's very flattering to be hit on. So don't feel bad about that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if we have any questions, but I'm just going to go on to the next one. Um, any? Do you guys have any questions so far? I'm just going to run back to Facebook here. Um, any questions? Hey, Deborah. Good to see your face. Gosh, I missed you guys. Okay, uh, so I don't see any questions, so I'm going to run back. I forgot my computer today, so I'm using my phone. Uh, so, do you believe women should be treated equally as men? <laughs> Almost all women will say yes, and then the logic flows. Do you believe that men should be treated equally as women? If so, then do you believe the similar rules should apply for men and women equally? I didn't write this, so I'm just reading it. Do you believe a long-term relationship between a man and a woman should be a partnership? If the answer is yes, then why do women apply different rules to men and then apply to women? If Amazon would stop texting me or notifying me. Um, so she, he says, um, ooh, that's different. Okay, so... I know what this guy's asking. So basically, he's asking what a lot of you guys ask and a lot of you ladies talk about as well. That whole standard of who pays for the date, right? 
and women that want to be so some guys look at it that if women want to be treated differently and they want to have careers and all of this then they should also be willing to step up to the plate for paying for uh dates and um i think if a woman this is just my opinion i think that whoever asks the person out should pay for the date right and ladies if you're one of these women that expects the guy to ask you out every time every once in a while it's okay to flip the bill you know don't do it on the first few dates i really just don't i mean unless you want to be friends with the guy or you want to set a standard ladies for you know um a mutually uh financially uh equal relationship and I'm I'm going to say that loosely because I think everybody contributes financially in different places. But if you want to pay for dates 50% of the time, then go ahead and do that when you're dating. But where does the man lead then? You know, how, where does a woman allow a man to lead? And guys, when you're sitting back and expecting a woman to pay the bill or you ask a woman to um, go Dutch and pay half, you might as well be telling her that you just want to be friends with her, okay? that's That sends the wrong signal. Um, I think that if you ask somebody out on a date, that goes for you ladies too, because I know sometimes you ladies ask guys to do stuff. If you ladies ask a guy to do something, you pay, period. Whether it's dinner, a concert, what um, a movie. If you ask ladies, you should pay for the date. Um, not because it's expected, but because it's a nice gesture. It's a, it lets the guy know you're interested also. And the guys want to know that you're interested. And the guys want to know that you're engaged in everything. That includes communication, everybody. I mean, it's not just about paying for the date. So many ladies sit back and, and like, well, I haven't heard from him today or I haven't heard from him in two days. Well, for God's sakes, text him. You know, you, there's nothing wrong with your fingers, your mouth, or your phone, right? So it's okay for you to reach out. Hey, I'm just thinking about you. How's your day going? How's your week going? Guys like that also. I don't want to take a guy's job away, you know, where he gets to maybe lead that, you know, and some men like to do that, ladies. Uh, some old-fashioned men like to do that. But a lot of men like mutual interest, and they don't want to be the ones always doing the work. You wouldn't want that either, ladies. You wouldn't want a guy to depend on you to do the work all the time. You don't want a guy, you know, messaging you and saying, where do you want to go to dinner? Every time you guys go to dinner, you want a guy that's going to step up and come up with a suggestion. It's okay if he asks you, but he's going to make those plans. Ladies, you've got to participate in this. So super important when we're talking about um, when we're talking about the male female energy, feminine masculine, that there is there is some give and take, and there is some reciprocity. Uh, do I think that just because a woman is independent and self sufficient that she should equally pay for a date here? No, guys, no, no, um, no. <laughs> no, um, that's that's if if that's where you you sit, and you expect a woman to pay for her the date or to pay half, um, you're going to see the good women that really want a man to be the leader. 
you're going to see her um, you're going to see her step away because she wants to watch you step up to the plate. Okay. Another question. Uh, so I had a nice, I had nice drinks and dinner meet and greet, and he kissed me on the lips twice and said, we'll do this again, and I'll give you a buzz tomorrow. Even texted when he got home to thank me for an enjoyable evening. Crickets after. Why in the world do men do this? I'm totally fine with it not going anywhere, but geez, tone down the I'm into you behavior. Um, online dating gives so many options to men in Dallas. It's like too many shiny things. Okay, so many points here. <laughs> uh, you know, I agree. If he says he's going to give you a buzz tomorrow, guys, if you say you're going to buzz her tomorrow or text her tomorrow, then follow up with what you said you're going to do. If you changed your mind, tell her you changed your mind. It's okay. But don't say you're going to do something and then not do it. Because what does that say? It sends that it sends a message that you're inconsistent, right? Immediately, even if she was into you and liked you and you decided to, you know, forgot you said that and then reached out a few days later, you may have already lost interest because... I hate to say it, guys, but a woman hangs on to things that you say. So you need to hear this probably. If you say you're going to text her tomorrow, she heard that louder than she heard anything else all night. If you say you're going to call her, if you say you're going to do something with her again and you'd love to see her again, she heard that, right? She's, she's looking forward to that. She's waiting for that. They hear that louder than they hear anything else. So if you say you're going to do something, do it. You know, we talk about love languages, um, the five love languages. There are six, and that sixth one is consistency. And I feel like consistency covers all of them. There's not one of those love languages that don't want consistency. So it's just kind of a, it's just kind of an all-encompassing love language. Do what you say you're going to do. And if you aren't going to do it, don't say you're going to do it. And if you fail to do it, like maybe you got busy and you forgot, just say you forgot. You know, it's not that they're not important, but hey, I told you I was going to buzz you yesterday and I completely forgot I got busy. Guess what? You've just redeemed yourself by, by taking accountability. But, but disappearing and ghosting, there's no reason for it. You know, we're adults. If you don't want to go out with somebody again or you changed your mind, just say it. Nobody, nobody really cares. What they care about is that you're honest. Feedback after a date is probably one of the coolest things about my job as a matchmaker is being able to ask people after a date, what did you think about him? What did you think about her? And being able to get that feedback and give that back to my clients. But you guys want it too. I mean, you're sitting on pins and needles sometimes. You don't know whether somebody liked you or not. Um, or you're getting mixed signals because somebody completely mugged down with you, you know, on the night before or was all over you and setting other dates and then you don't hear from them for three days. I mean, that inconsistency piece will just, will literally ruin your love life. So make sure you're consistent. Uh, so... I am going to just address this one last sentence where she said, online dating gives so many options to men in Dallas. It's like too many shiny things. Well, the same goes for women. So um, just as men could be distracted by other shiny, pretty things, women, you are too. And I hear it from the guys a lot. 
ladies. So it's not just the guys doing it. You ladies get distracted. You're looking for the bigger, better, greater. Um, if a guy doesn't respond to you in your time frame or whatever, you blow him off. You dismiss him. Um, I've seen some extraordinarily love you girls. I do love you girls, but I have seen some really flaky behavior from some ladies and, uh, and guys really wanting, you know, to, to, um, to make connections. I know I had a party in January. I think it was January, February. And uh, I had a bunch of singles there. And there was a guy that went, that hung out with this woman all night. They hung out, they danced, they had a great time together. And afterwards, you know, she, she kissed him goodnight at the valet and said, couldn't wait to see him again. And then she completely ghosted him. He's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Ladies, you do it too. Flaky behavior, you know, that's inconsistency too. Um, guys don't like it either. If a guy's made himself available and intentional, it's shocking how many women take that for granted. Um, kind of makes me sad. Okay, let's see. Uh, what do we have? Anybody? Hey, Catherine. Good to see all of y'all's faces. Any questions from you ladies, gentlemen, uh, live? Because I'm going to keep checking that feed. Okay, so next question. You guys are going to love this one, and I'm going to love answering it. Why is it normal for men to want to date women 20 years younger than them? <laughs> I'm 42, and it seems like men my age and older are wanting to date women in their lower 20s. Um, have you noticed this rise in the trend? Well, I'm going to tell you guys something after doing matchmaking for years. There is definitely trends in ages. So... Uh, Interestingly enough, you ladies that are around, these ladies and men that are around 40-something, the guys in their late 30s, early 40s that are looking for love and are available and ready now, they want to have kids, a lot of them. So a lot of these guys that have been single, they want to have kids. So they're looking for women of a childbearing age. And they want to give themselves a buffer so they have a few years to get to know them before they start having kids. So there's still this idea about you can't have kids over 40. And, you know, um, of course, that's not, it's not necessarily medically the same now since we're living longer, guys and girls. But having said that, yes, those men want to date women in their 20s. They do. And why do they want to date them? And why do they go out with them? Simple reason, because they can why? Because these 20-something-year-old women like a guy that's more established. I mean, I'm just going to get tell you statistically, I'm not dogging 20-something-year-old women, but statistically, it's showing that the early 20-year-olds are wanting to date guys in their 40s and 50s because they're financially established. They do not, they have no interest in building with another uh, person their age they just, many of them do not, I'm not saying all of them because some do, but there is a trend that says that these women are looking older because they've had daddy taking care of them or mom taking care of them and they're used to a certain lifestyle. And so they, they do seek that out. And that is statistics. It's not me. Uh, so that's very, very real as well. So ladies, you know, in your 40s, early 40s, late 30s, you are competing with the 20-something-year-old generation that is, is, you know, 
sadly, more desirable to some men because men are very visual. Uh, and the same thing happens though, and I know I have some of you ladies that are in your 50s on here, maybe even 60s. The same thing happens to men when they hit that 50-ish mark. Men hit 50, they want to date as young as they can at that point. Um, I'm not going to call it a midlife crisis. I'm, and not all you men, by the way. I just really need to say that. Not all you men. There is a a large amount of men that if you ask them at 50, if they'd rather have a 40-year-old or another 50-year-old, the majority of men would say a 40-year-old. Sorry, it's just the facts. Uh, I didn't write the book. <laughs> um, I'm just telling you. So, and again, because sometimes it's available. I will tell you what I'm finding is that the 40-something-year-olds now, they've had a little bit of maturity on them. Uh, their early 40s, mid 40s, don't really want to date the guys in their early 50s. They're too old for them. So I'm just just sharing the news. Guys want to date them, but the girls don't often want to date them. They think they're too old. So, But the guys in their early 50s are going younger. Uh, ladies, the good news is, is usually when a guy hits about 53, um, he, 53, 54, if he's emotionally mature, and if he's not, you don't want him anyway. But if he's emotionally mature, he's gotten all that crap out of his system. And he's like, you know what? I have dated the younger people. I have no interest in that. I need an intellectual, you know, uh, relationship. Or uh, I want somebody that has more interests and beliefs and values that I, you know, have. And that would be my own generation. So uh, they eventually get some sense. <laughs> but, uh, but, oh, shoot. But in the meantime, that's, that is where we stand with that. Um, okay, so I'm going to jump back on Facebook now that my phone has fallen. Uh, any questions here? So nobody has questions here. All right. Um, so hang on, guys. Let me just... <laughs> this is not the best. All right. I am going to run over really quick to my questions again. Let's see. Hang tight. Um, you guys, I think I forgot to put some of my questions in here. Um, oh, okay. Um, Here's one. Uh, one additional question. Um, how should men handle a woman's emotions who is not healed yet? Um, let's say she's cautiously half in, half out when dating someone new. Um, so how men should handle women who are still not healed? The same way that women should handle men that aren't healed. Don't date them. Uh, you know what? Honestly, you're really setting yourself up for a heartbreak down the road. If somebody's not healed, they shouldn't be dating. I, I completely understand that there's a certain point where you need to get back on the horse, right? And I usually tell people that have gone through a divorce or a breakup to kind of wait, wait it out a little bit, and then maybe get on online dating. Why on online dating? Because 
people that have been married for 40 years or 30 years or 20 years or whatever it is, 10 years, the dating pool has changed, even five years. The dating pool's changed since you were single. So it's good to get back on and see what's happening, see what's available, see what people are doing, you know, trends, because they do change quite regularly. Uh, but, but it allows you to get your feet wet with people People, I just feel like a lot of people on dating apps are just dabbling. So you're at least amongst a group of people, and some of you aren't. I get it. It's your only way to meet people because you're not going out and actually doing the work and doing what you should do to meet people. Um, but I get that some of you can't because you're too busy or whatever and you have to rely on these apps. But the majority of people on there are on there because they're dabbling or they're too lazy to date. And... Um, either one of those or they're, or they're unavailable in another way. I, any one of those options really aren't somebody that you want anyway, right? So, um, so you want to make sure that you only, um, you only date people who are healthy and whole and healed. They may not be completely, but most of the way. And how do you know how do you know that? Because you ask. And I know people are so afraid to ask that, like on a first or second date. But it's a perfectly appropriate question to ask somebody, tell me about your previous relationships. You know, what happened? So how long were you in that relationship? What happened? Why did you break up? Uh, you know, I um I, if if you see responses like anger or tears or anything like that, you pretty much know that that person's not healed and healthy and ready to kind of move on. M move yourself on. I don't, I think we're, and I know this was a guy that asked this question, obviously about women. You guys think you can fix women. So you hang on and you're like, okay, she's not completely healed, but I can be her knight in shining armor and I can, I can make it all better for her. You know, I'm so good and so, you know, wonderful and so healthy um, and I can, I can show her the way. No, you can't. The only healing that can take place in somebody is within themselves. So don't think you can change a woman, guys, um, no matter how amazing you are. She's got to do the work. And that goes for the men too, ladies. Don't take a guy on because you see his potential and, and, or because of his looks. And guys, you're more, uh, you're more about that with the looks thing. You'll, uh, guys, you will overlook so much crap for looks. You will. It's, it's not, I know you want something pretty and you want to be attracted to it. But red flags are red flags are red flags, right? So you have to use your common sense and you have to use, I think I even posted about this today. Um, it was early this morning, but you have to be use your brain. You know, you can't just use your emotions for things. You have to use your brain. Be smart. Um, listen to her. Um, find out if you're on the same page. Make sure you have things in common like values and lifestyle and beliefs. Those things you need to have in common in order to, to um, make it long-term. Plus the readiness factor. How many of you have met the wrong person or the right person at the wrong time? It happens all the time. And you kick yourself because if I hear the stories all the time, 
I met somebody 10 years ago right outside of my divorce and I wasn't healthy and I, you know, I chased them away or I, you know, whatever you did and they're gone forever. And, you know, I, we can write it away and say, oh, well, it wasn't the right person anyway, because if it was, I would still be with them. No, you wouldn't because you ruined that chance because you weren't healthy. And I do this for a living and I'm a coach and I'm, I tell people all the time, if you're not healthy, get healthy because what you will do is possibly, you know, if you manage to attract the right person and you're not healthy and ready, they're not going to stick around and you've just lost your chance because the chances of them coming back and giving you a second chance are probably nil. So you don't want to do that. You absolutely do not want to do that. You've got one chance and you, you've got to put yourself, your whole self in. So, so do not, if you see that somebody's not healthy, do not, um, do not allow them uh, in your life. Um, and I wanted to bring up one last point with that one. I started on it and then I just kind of drifted away. Ask the questions. You guys are so afraid to get uh, vulnerable and intimate at the when you get to know somebody. Uh, I if you knew the amount of times I hear from people, even women, that say, "Well, I don't want to ask him about his previous relationships on a first date, or I don't want to tell him about my divorce on a first date." If we're showing up authentically as who we are and our history, you know, and especially our dating history, because we're now single and on a I mean, here we are. You have a, people want to know if if they're into you and they actually have depth to them. They're going to want to know why you're there, why you're available, what happened in the past. You just better have a really good, you know. Uh, I don't know five. What is the there's the. Um, what is the elevator speech? Is it 10 seconds, Jordan? Whatever it is, the elevator speech is like 10 seconds that so you have to be able to do your pitch. Yeah, the elevator pitch. Um, I think the dating pitch, if you can, under five minutes, if you can give the history of why you're divorced or why you broke up with somebody, that's great. But let it be positive. Let that person, you know, on the other end see that you've grown from it. Uh, what you learned, your role in it, right? Because somebody that's blaming the other person or blaming their spouse, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't work. I um, I hear about that a lot with uh, people that have been married to or dated narcissists. They like to go, um, they like to talk a lot about uh, that abuse and the way that they were treated and the things that happened to them. Um, you know what, Har narcissists, are um, very difficult to get over. Uh, that that toxic behavior lingers for a long time. Those of you that were in relationships with, you know, pretty harsh narcissists, you need to take time to heal. And it may, may be longer than you think it's going to be, but you need to take time to heal in between those relationships. Um, and, you know, I, I'm going to bring up a point here uh, before I get to the next question here. But... Um, but I think that we need to, and I forgot my, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. Um, I was just looking at this other, uh, at this other question. Um, you guys need to make sure, oh, I know what it was. Expectations. God, God, please. Expectations on a date. I can tell you what I do 
matchmaking wise and tell you how you can implement it in your own personal life with dating. So as a matchmaker, my people don't talk before a first date. So we set up the first date for them. They show up and it, that's that. So we don't allow for that communication because I think that the majority of first dates lose their momentum. We lose our drive and excitement because if somebody asks you out on a Sunday for a Friday, do you know how many expectations, guys, do you know how many expectations that woman has between Sunday and Friday for you? Uh, and ladies, this is your issue, not theirs, but I'm just telling them. <laughs> I'm giving you fair warning, guys. Um, that woman has got a high expectation. She wants to... Um, she wants to, uh, I'm just jumping back to the show. Um, she wants to make sure that you've texted her. She wants you to keep in touch. If she hasn't heard from you and she expected to hear from you, you know, somewhere in between what I'll hear from women, guys, he, you know, here we're going out Friday. I haven't heard from him. You know, is he excited to see me? If he can't even text me and can't find the time to text me, then he can't be that excited to see me. You know, that's not true, ladies. That's just not true. You know, he could be busy. He could be more, more than excited about your date, but he's just being him. And where people lose themselves in this area before a first date is all these expectations from a person you don't know. And that's why I don't allow that communication in my business because people lose momentum when a date is set and things don't go as they would like them to go. So it's super, super important that um, it's super, super important that you keep your expectations um, at bay prior to a date. Let that person reach out when they want to. They haven't met you yet. You know, they may be excited, but not that excited, right? Um, just because they didn't text you or communicate with you in your time frame or as much as you wanted to, that's your issue. It's not theirs. But the good thing is, is once you've gone on one date with them, they've met you, you've met them, you've at least had to get, you've gotten an idea about their energy, about their schedule, about their job, about their life. And then you kind of can get some kind of gauge as to, as to communication. And if communication is a really big thing for you, as it is for many of you people, and it's not just you ladies, because there's some of you guys that really like to communicate or overly communicate, um, but it's more ladies, make sure you set that expectation up front. Ladies, tell a guy, if you like to text, tell them, say, you know where I've lost interest before with guys is that I like to text. I like to, I love hearing from somebody that I'm going out with, even if it's just how's your day or they're checking on me. I want to know that they're thinking about me. So um, that you, they're, they're, set the expectations so they know what to do because guys are really good at, at following through sometimes. Um, guys can be really good if they like you at listening and doing what you want them to do if you tell them. It's just a matter of you have to tell them. So, um, and not putting too much, too much, if not any expectations, except 
where do you need to show up and what time do you need to show up? The less communication two people have before a first date, the better, because more things can be messed up in that time frame between asking and the first date than I care to even discuss. Uh, so having said that, just everybody take it at face value. If you would just implement that one thing in your own dating life that I use in matchmaking, it would probably make a huge difference. Zero expectations for anything, communication, anything like that until you've gone out at least one time. Uh, let's see here. We've got um, Tina says, hi, Tina. I don't see you're walking your dog anymore. I just moved. Uh, Tina and I lived in the same townhome community, and I just moved, and I used to see her walking her little pup. Uh, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. You know, um, again, I, I'm going to, I would love to say that too, because ultimately, you know, God's in control and it's his plan, but right thing at the wrong time is the right thing at the wrong time, you know, and people have have lost out on amazing relationships because they weren't ready. And, you know, we can justify it. And I, you know, I love you, but I, I've done it before too, Tina. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm saying this even to myself. I think we justify it by saying, well, it had to have been the wrong thing if it didn't work out. That's not always the case. That's why it's super important. Sometimes it is that case, but sometimes it's not. So it's super important that we always show up. But yes, wisdom and discernment, Tina, um, you get it. It's, that's the beautiful thing about getting older is getting and gaining that wisdom and discernment to take into your future dating life, knowing who you are, what you want, and what you're looking for, um, and being a little bendy flexy. Uh, Ted says, if she's ugly on the inside, all the pretty on the outside won't make up for it. I know, Ted, you're preaching to the choir, and you know what? The thing that I have to say about that is, why are the dating apps set up like that? Because everybody wants the pretty. You know, whether it's the pretty woman or the pretty guy, it doesn't matter. Everybody's looking at a picture because they want that thing that looks good, but it doesn't matter how pretty or beautiful or good looking or what a great physique that person has. If they're not pretty on the inside or they're not suited for you, it's not going to work out. So how do we get back to dating the way we used to. I remember years and years ago, a dating profile, I remember what they looked like. They had a picture in the corner, almost like a Facebook profile, picture profile, right? And people looked at both. You weren't just looking at a picture. Everything's set up so backwards. And yes, people do not want ugly, ugly on the outside, but they also don't want ugly on the inside. Cindy says, can you touch on the narcissistic buzzword just a little again? So many overlapping variables. Um, how long is too long for chances and change? Um, yeah, narcissist, everybody's a narcissist. <laughs> and um, and for people that have been in a narcissistic relationship, overly sensitive to narcissism for sure. And it's an overused word. People can have narcissistic traits without being a narcissist. Um, we can too. But um, having said that, uh, how long is too long for chances and change? You know, narcissists really don't change. It's it is it's in DSM. It's a it is a it is a brain thing. They don't change. They were they were raised that way. They were they were their brain was raised that way and built that way, and they sadly 
depending on the degree, they just don't see outside of that. You can't give empathy to a, a narcissist. No matter how long you wait, no matter how much counseling you do, you can't give them something they can't possess. It's almost like in a just understanding depression, people that understand depression and know that it's a chemical thing, it doesn't matter how much you want to will depression away. If you have a chemical imbalance, you have a chemical imbalance. And the only thing that's going to balance that is medication, right? So uh, so I say this to you. It's kind of the same thing with the narcissist. That's how their brain thinks. Don't take it personally. Although there's a level of healing that needs to take place after a narcissistic relationship. Um, and how much time, and maybe that's what you were asking, sweetie, and I'm sorry if I missed that. How much time do you give yourself after? Um, no, it wasn't. How long for chances and change, you were asking. You know what? And I'm going to say this because I know you. We can love too much. There is a book, ladies, if that's you that just stands and believes and hopes for, for change. There's a book, Robin Norwood. It's called Women Who Love Too Much. If you haven't read it, read it. Um, it all comes from codependent behavior. And, you know, you can hold out all the possibility for other people that you want. Any change that they need to make, they need to make and initiate it and follow through with it. And... Um, and Ted says, there's nothing like meeting someone in person, exchanging numbers, even in my late 50s. When I get a woman's number, it makes my day. Online dating just doesn't have that. Yeah. And you know the cool thing about that, Ted, is you've already seen her and she's already seen you and you've made that connection already. So it does, there is a level of, that. it's great when you've exchanged numbers after you've already met because you actually have that tangible, touchable you know, almost kinesthetic way of being able to look at that person and know what you're looking forward to. Um, Tina says emotion will lead you astray. It will. It absolutely will. That's why we do need to use our head. Uh, some of you people use your head way too much. <laughs> so there is a balance. Um, there is. There does come a point where you have to rely on your emotion a little bit too. But do not lose your head, and do not, um, and do not just go on emotion alone. It will. It will certainly lead you astray, because wounds rely on emotion for making decisions. Um, let's see. So important to have a brief understanding of why a romantic relationship fails. That does for any type of relationship. Uh, by the second or third date, you should be ready to, um, you should be better than ready to say something. I agree. I mean, second or third date, we should at least be at a point where we know what we're, what we're, or we know that person enough where we are okay and comfortable having that vulnerable conversation. So um, agree wholeheartedly. I know I missed a question back here. Let me put my glasses on here so I can see. And um, let's see, I have a guest in the studio today, so I'm really excited. She's just going to pop on by. Okay, let's see. Um, at 50, men stop running up fool, fool's hills. Ron, I love that. You know, it's really later than 50, by the way. Um, it's more uh, it's more in uh, earlier 50s, like 50, um, 52, 53, where they stop running up fool's hills. But thank you, Ron. That's such a great, uh, such a great analogy there. Uh, uh, Jamie says, regarding my last question, I'm early 50s now, never had interest in dating little girls. I've always preferred women in my age range. You know what? You're an old soul, and 
you know, I'm going to tell you guys something that I have told many of my clients because sometimes you guys like to, to, you really like to try, especially if you want to have kids or something like that, you want to date younger. When you're dating out of your age range, when you're dating out of, there is, there is an equally yoked maturity level for the most part. Everything's exceptions, but there's an equally yoked maturity level. I am telling you, you're going to be disappointed. There's just, generationally, stay in your generation. That's all I say. It's just, it's a, it's a good general rule. Stay in your generation. Uh, so, hold on. Make sure I got to all of my questions. What time is it, Jordan? Oh, shoot. We're almost done. Okay. All right. We are late. Okay. So, um, so gosh, you guys asked great questions today. So much fun. Um, I want to do this again. So in two weeks, we're going to go live again. So, uh, so bring your, bring your perspective and your comments and all of that. Um, and, uh, and we'll leave it at that. I have a friend in the studio. Tiffany, so good to see you. I know I've missed you too. Um, okay. Uh, so, I have a friend in the studio today. Um, her name is Karen Angus. Karen, yeah. say hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, so Karen was on my show last time, and we were talking about, she does travel. So she's got her own travel business. And I said, okay, if you knew the amount of singles that ask me about traveling, so many of us don't want to put our life on hold. So many of you have reached an age where you have some independence. Maybe your children are grown and you want to travel. Well, I thought it would be fun for her to come on and share because she's, I mean, if you look at her Facebook page, she's got these amazing, amazing trips. Um, and she's going to put a singles trip together for us. Um, we're just trying to get a date together, but we're going to take a singles vacation somewhere so all of you can meet up. It'd be so much fun. We just had to figure out where. Karen keeps trying to talk me into a cruise, but I'm not getting trapped <laughs> on a giant boat in the middle of the ocean. So, uh, but... I know many of you like those, and she does a lot of cruises, so it's a big part of her business. Um, so, uh, so I wanted Karen to come on and just give us a brief like vacation. Where's where, so every so each show we're going to have her come in the last few minutes and talk about a place. Absolutely. Where can people go? Like so many people are going to the beach right now, and I'm totally jealous. So yes. where's and that's a good place to go right now before the summer's up. Absolutely, beach is great. Beach is great. Getting closer to Christmas, we get cold. We want to go get some warm sun and go in the sand. Um, big time right now is Europe. So Italy, France, Greece, uh, something you can do by land, we can do by sea, uh, we can do by both. Um, just a little bit of both so we can kind of put a package together for what everybody wants. So my agency is a little bit different. It's more catered to the person instead of you coming in and saying, hey, book this for me. It's kind of like, what can we do? What's exciting? That's Where can so we cool. Go? Yes. Kind That's of fun. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, because she, because you know where to go, mm -hmm. you know what hotels to go to, and she's got very good taste, people. <laughs> so I'm relying on her when we put the single strip together to find the best place with some really good fun. I've gone on a sing. I took people on a singles trip out to Mexico one time and everything closed at 11. So we're all oh, ready yeah. to drink and dance and have a good time and everything yeah. was closing down. So Karen will make sure we go somewhere that that doesn't happen. Where exactly. we can just have a great time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So where are you highlighting today? Uh, today we're highlighting Europe because okay. um, anybody who hasn't been there, uh, Italy and France and Greece and really all over is just so wide open, welcoming Americans. 
So much fun. Prices are good. Airfare is a little high, but besides that, it's a great trip to plan. So would be fantastic idea for people if you want to go with your friends, you want to go with a special person, uh -huh. solo, uh -huh. however you want to do it, I can put that together for them. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So there is your cruise planners. Is that the name of your business? Cruise planners, right? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. And she's trying to talk me into a cruise and I'm not yep. letting her. But Virgin's um, all adult, by the Okay. Way. Yep. Cool. Uh, okay. So, and then passports to Europe. So Europe is the place to go right now. Europe is the place to go right now. It's really busy. It's going to start shutting down some of the places for November, December. Let's pick back up in February, March, plan it for 2024. Why do they shut Great. down? Um, weather. Oh, it gets okay. cold. You know, okay. some places don't. So we can go to Spain. We can do whatever over Christmas. But for the most part, we really want to go February, end of February, March, April, and then on. So, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, you know, I, um, I would love to go to Europe if they had a shorter plane trip. So they, when they invent that plane that shoots out, I know they took that off the market, mm -hmm, but that, that in like three <laughs> hours you're in Spain, I'm, I'm on then, but until that time, I'm not sitting on a plane for 14 hours. Oh you're my no God. Fun. I don't know how people do Come it. On, Jen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so you put your information on their cruise planners. Um, she's also on my Facebook page. If you guys want to take a peek, you should look at her page and you should look. She uses it for work and she's got all these amazing pictures of places that she's been. And um, I guess if you guys have any ideas too, start throwing them out too as to where you want to go. Um, you yeah, know, so singles we, trip. Let's yeah, find so out where everybody wants trip. to go. Mm -hmm. So over the next few shows, we'll learn where you guys want to go and we will plan something. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's gonna okay. be fun. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is so exciting. I know. I know. I'm glad to. I am glad to have you. So, uh, and I can't wait to go on our trip. So that'll be a blast. It's gonna be fun. Okay. Um, I don't think I can keep up with Karen, but that's okay. Um, she'll take over when I go to bed at midnight. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for being here. Um, love you all, and I will see you again in two weeks. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Each show, we're going to have new topics and information. If you'd like to find out more about coaching or matchmaking, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on my Facebook page, my personal page at Jennifer Styers.